Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. I'm Jay, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, the critically panned Catwoman. The film stars Halle Berry in the title role, Benjamin Bratt, Lambert Wilson, Francis Conroy, Alex Burstein, and Sharon Stone in their supporting roles. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Honestly, Jay, I asked you to come on the show, discuss Catwoman with me, and you surprised me. You said yes. And I even gave a disclaimer. I watched this recently, not for the podcast, just for fun, and I said it's bad. It is, yeah. it is a bad movie, but I appreciate it. You agreed to come on the show anyway. And yeah. Yeah. Talk yeah, this is, um, first of all, what I'd like to say is this is, uh, I, rem- I saw this only once before doing the rewatch for the podcast, and that was back in 2004 when it came out. Not at the cinema. I refused to go see it at the cinema. I waited for it to be uh, a new release at the local Video Easy uh, or Blockbuster Video, one of those two. Um, and I didn't want to hire it. I was in there. We were looking at movies. To get, uh, we were ready to order a pizza. And my mate was like, oh, we'll get a movie out. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And we're looking at the new releases. And he picked up Catwoman and was like, dude, let's watch this. It's meant to be awful. And I told him flat out, no, I don't want to watch that movie. I've heard it's awful. And he's like, but you're a comic book guy. This will be yeah, great. Yeah, that's my thought. Come on. And I was like, no, I don't want to watch it, man. And we hired it. He won. We got a bunch of beers and some pizza. And the whole time was like, what is this? And that was at the time. That was in 2004. Watching it now, it is incredibly 2004. <laughs> it is. But let, let's let's stick with 2004, though, because my mates and I were looking at watching a film at the cinema. We'd all met up in town, and people were leaning towards another movie. And not only am I a comic guy, I'm a DC guy. And I've probably told this story on the podcast before because we have done all the Batman movies from Michael Keaton to George Clooney. Yeah. And I managed to, I managed to persuade my mates to go and watch Catwoman at the cinema. Right? The other movie that we turned down was The Bourne Supremacy. <sighs> Clearly the better movie. But yeah, yeah. My, my mates weren't too forgiving <laughs> when I made yeah. them sit through Catwoman, which admittedly, it's not a long movie. It's about 90 minutes, which yeah. is always a yeah. red flag for a big budget. Well, you say big budget, a, a modest budget. But when you think this, whether it's a Batman film or a spin-off, you think they're going to spend money on it. And, and, and they Which did. And they they did. Also, I think they probably lost some money on it as well. But I first saw Catwoman on the big screen. Yeah. Um, the big things I remember from this movie, um, even before getting to what we actually got, was for, since Batman Returns in, is that 91? 99? Two. 99? Uh, they were, were supposed to be doing a Catwoman spin-off with Michelle Pfeiffer. And if this was the script they kept trying to send to her, no wonder she turned it down. 
because it, it wasn't this it, script it went through many rewrites because you're right initially this was going to be a Catwoman spin-off Michelle Pfeiffer back in the title role Tim Burton directing and then there were multiple changes behind the scenes at one point they were looking at Ashley Judd Nicole Kidman she ended up being Chase Meridian in Batman Forever but this was going to be a in continuity Catwoman movie what we get is something different to that the film centers on Patience Phillips who to my knowledge is a original character yeah She's a meek designer who discovers a conspiracy within the cosmetics company she works for that involves a dangerous product which could cause widespread health problems. We end up getting a villain in this movie, played by Sharon Stone, and her superpower is too much Botox. Yes. She can can not feel, feel pain. Oh, there's so much going on here. So you've got yeah. Patience Phillips, who, as I say, is a meek character. But then he all gets muddled. She's discovered murdered. She's revived by Egyptian cats, which grants her superhuman cat-like abilities, which allows her to become the crime-fighting, anti-heroine, Catwoman. And then she's got a love story happening. There's so much that happens. I think that's one of the big problems. Is too many things going on uh, without really taking the time to build any one of them. Uh, And and it feels like a lot of this stuff was, uh, you know, like still being discussed and thought out with, and they hadn't gotten to the like, yep, perfect. That's we've got that one buttoned up. That one's complete. We can start filming. It was here's our ideas. All right, start filming and we'll hammer them out while we film. It's like, but you didn't. You didn't feel like. Uh, why is there a young detective with no partner? Number one. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, like, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think of that. There's, there's, there's bigger problems. Yeah. But you're right. That's, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's just one of the things. <laughs> that's certainly one that uh that I couldn't help but notice. Um, there's, this, all right, this is going to be jumping around a little bit. When, why does her personality shift one way or another? This being in development from Celine, Selena Kyle, which they do mention my name, uh, that okay, there have been okay. Catwoman through history. They, they don't mention Why does her palette, <laughs> they don't mention my name, Jay. They do something worse. So we're, we're introduced this cat lady, cats all over the house. And she's saying that basically through history, there's always been a cat woman. And it reminded me of the Slayer in both of the Vampire Slayer, that there is yeah. always a Slayer. It's something that is passed on throughout the generations. Yeah. But for there to be a new cat woman, the previous one had to have fallen. So they're dead. So they don't mention Selena Kyle by, by name, but the, the cat lady, she throws up heaps of photos, and one of them 
is Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman from Batman Returns. So this okay. movie, as well as being bloody awful, and I know we've not got to our rating, we'll get to that, as well as being yeah. bloody awful, it is saying that Selena Kyle is dead. Yeah. Um, and cast your mind back to the end of Batman Returns. She had one life left, and she was going to save it for next Christmas. That's how yeah. we left that character. But this movie, he just comes along and says, yeah, no, she's dead. I get it. Pfeiffer was attached, then she wasn't. Burton left. Things changed. But from the very first moment of seeing that headshot of Catwoman, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, on the big screen, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Um, but uh, also, when they do the, the magical revival scene, all the cats are real cats. Except yeah. for one, which is very terrible CGI. And the one all that I breathes think, on her. <laughs> whilst I'm watching the scene is, why is that not a real cat? Why are all these cats real? And why is that one not? It, it's breathing like, magic, Jay. That's why. You could have done that with a puppet. You could have <laughs> trained the cat to do every sequence yeah. you had and use better shot choice and then added just the breath. Or use a puppet to do the, the that just that breath part. Yes. The rest of it could have been cat. But I, my, I agree. Uh, God bless uh, <laughs> my friend Emily and my housemate Kristen, who saw me doing this for the podcast, who sat down and was like, "We'll sit and watch this with you." It had already been in for like twenty minutes, and they're like, and all every, all of us were like, "Why is that cat CGI? Why is this happening? Why is this ha- this this happening yeah, a lot?" Yeah. Uh, but uh, out of that, two things I want to say. One, not a movie I own. Don't have it on uh, DVD or Blu-ray or 4K. Um, wasn't got willing to go out to purchase a copy. I thought some streaming platform's going to have it. Someone's got to have it. And no, they don't. No. No streaming platform wanted to have this. I jumped on Google Play and I rented this movie. <laughs> it cost me $4 Australian. And uh, that goes on my record. That's on my bank statement. Okay, Jay Ryan, rented Catwoman. Before Christmas, my family and I went away. We went down south to Albany. And the place where we were staying like, had a selection of DVDs you could rent for a dollar. I rented Catwoman. <laughs> that's how i watched it i paid a dollar for it but other than that that like i was looking at itunes and got it for 4.99 it's the only yeah. place that i could i could buy it. i couldn't pick it up on dvd blu-ray this yeah. movie's been buried and i think for a very good reason going back to the yeah. cats according <laughs> to the cat trainers and visual visual effects artists 99.9 percent of the shots were real cats yeah, I'm not then, surprised the... because you can actually train cats apparently fairly well. They take direction surprisingly well, despite the stereotypes of them doing their own thing. Uh, but for some reason, that shot they just this is it's this really was, noticeable. <laughs> what and what I will say for this, this was very typical of 2004. CGI had come to a certain point. We'd had big movies like Twister and Independence Day and the Star Wars prequels had completed by this stage. And a lot of people got it in their head that, hey, not only are these faster and more versatile than practical effects, they look just as good. 
you were wrong back then. You were wrong. <laughs> yes. Some of the yeah, things that we wrong. suffer because of it are movies like this, where you never actually give the name of the city that she's in. The whole movie. Yes. I, I checked every very, line of dialogue and every street ambiguous. sign. Yeah. Yeah. They, they and don't. And for some reason, know. it's not a model. They don't actually, it's not filmed on location. It is a very poorly crafted CGI city. Oh, you know what? For the time, it was probably a decently crafted. But watching the 2004 CGI city in 2021, it was not a well-rendered CGI city. And they did this for a lot of things. Instead of using wire work and other things for stunt sequences of her fighting people, suddenly she was a CGI person running up and down walls. I just... (laughs) Okay. Let's just backtrack a little bit. (laughs) I mentioned in the opening that this movie was critically panned and it was it went on to receive seven golden raspberry award nominations and won in the categories of worst picture worst actress worst director and worst screenplay many critics consider it to be one of the worst films of all time where it was criticized for Berry's performance and perceived lack of connection with batman Despite the reviews and ratings, Catwoman was the highest grossing female-led superhero film until the release of Wonder Woman in 2017. Now, if we're talking box office, it was released theatrically in July 2004 and was a critical and commercial failure, grossing $89 against a budget of $100 So even though it did terrible, it just goes to show how many female-led comic book movies were out there. Like a year later, we got Elektra. But fast forward to 2017, that's when we got Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. But if we're talking timeframes, so this movie, you've talked about the effects, the feel of it. We're talking about a film that came out. It's a Batman spin-off. 2004, one year later, we've got Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins. That absolutely blows my mind. How is there a year between those two, these two films from Catwoman to Batman, Batman Begins? Yeah, it has more in common with Supergirl and Christopher Reeve's Superman's in terms of its feel and execution than Batman Begins, which is still, for me, the best Batman movie. I love it. Yeah, me too. We'll, we'll, and we will do it. And it's why we're doing Catwoman now. Because yeah. I want to make sure that we're covering all bases. We're done from Batman or Batman Returns, Batman and Robin. Now we're doing Catwoman. And I'd love to get into the Nolan films. I really would. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just so many uh, strange things. Like writing down the characters' names... Half of the named characters in the script only have first names. <laughs> first names. That's, oh, you're talking that's about a weird thing. Alex Borstein as Sally. Yeah. Or Armando or Wesley or Drina. <laughs> or the director only has one name. Peter. Oh mate. Yeah, let's 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 back up. Let's um, <laughs> let's let's talk about this guy. Yeah. French filmmaker, Catwoman. His, his second film hasn't directed one since. Hmm. I wonder why. 
But I was curious though. So Pitoff is a French visual effects supervisor and director notable for V Doc and Catwoman. I'd never heard of V Doc before. So I did some research, looked into it, watched the trailer, and you know what? It looks like a better movie than what we get <laughs> with, with Catwoman. So in France, the movie was released as V Doc. In the US, and I guess Australia, the UK, it was released as Dark Portals, The Chronicles of V Doc. Okay. Came out in 2001, starring Gerard Dipadieu, maybe butchering his surname, but you know the famous yeah. French director. Yeah, he? I know. Yeah. Okay, so uh, he's playing a historical figure, Eugene Francis V Doc. And he is pursuing a supernatural serial killer. So that at least looks interesting. So yeah. Pitoff came on the scene with that in 2001. And then in 2004, he gave us Catwoman and nothing since. Maybe he's been doing TV, but in film, nothing. Yeah. Um, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised because this was a large budget. For 2004, a $100 million movie was a still a very expensive film. Uh, why you'd give it to a second-time director, I am baffled is. That's that's one of many baffling decisions this movie got. They started um, with Tim Burton. And yeah. they ended up with a second-time director. But this movie, though, is not just the film. Merchandise, it had a lot. Yeah. High-end comic books, video games, Barbie dolls. The costume that Catwoman is wearing in this movie. is a crime against nature. It is is. ridiculous. So for me, it's one thing seeing Halle Berry wearing it in this movie. But I mentioned a moment ago, there's a Catwoman Barbie doll. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a Barbie doll wearing what Halle Berry is. It is ridiculous. Now that's a toy potentially for a kid. Yes. Um, a lot of questionable things. Uh, the editing in this movie is atrocious. Yeah. It makes like so many rookie video. mistakes yeah. because it's not just the, the the janky editing techniques like that basketball game with Mystique playing Scandalous with the detective and Halle Berry. Um, that is literally like <laughs> three of us are sitting on the couch and I did say, oh, here it comes. This is on, noted as one of the worst edited sequences of all time. And they're like, I'm feeling ill. I can't. What was <laughs> happening? I like, I can't even yeah. follow the action. Um, but not not just that in terms of its cuts, cutting and shot choice and that kind of stuff. But also, when she first dresses up in all the leather, having uh, beaten up her neighbor who's running a bar? Question mark out of his apartment. Loud passes, uh, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there is a sign that says bar and there is a lot of people in there playing live music and drinking in what's way too big to be a single apartment. That aside, she steals his motorcycle. When she steals his motorcycle, she puts on a helmet. And that's the shot of her when she drives out the alleyway, she's wearing a helmet. Cut to her weaving through traffic with no helmet. Cut to her pulling up and then suddenly... There's a different, a close face helmet is what she takes off in. 
no helmet, going feeling for traffic, pulls up at the jewelry store with an open face helmet. I'm like, continuity, guys. Hey, a second time director. It can't be expected to notice that kind of thing. <laughs> I noticed. Yeah. I noticed. Uh, also, after the jewelry store sequence, uh, she wakes up. She seems to be having multiple personalities, which is a whole other reason, which is why her, her performance was planned. They have her playing this weak, uh, uh, mousy artist, Patience Phillips, who suddenly, after the, the, she's resurrected by the cats, from time to time, will be scathing a, a literal completely other character. Yeah. Personality. It's, it's like extremely... she flip-flops between the two. Yeah, and it's it seems very, like sometimes she doesn't remember that she's done things or said very things. Very disjointed, like, yeah. 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 Um, she, there's a shot. She wakes up. Her bed's covered in um jewelry so she's like fuck somehow remembers yeah files it all into a bag but decides oh i like this ring and i really like that necklace before i'm keeping those two items and returning the rest on the bag that says sorry great they take care of that bag thing and because she has a coffee cup and the detective sees and like oh these look awfully similar like and then they have some bullshit idea of like uh, handwriting analysis, but, but I bring this because, up. Yes, <laughs> I bring this up because they never. It's like a plot thread. She keeps the ring. She keeps the necklace, a one of a kind necklace, and a very recognizable ring. Like they're setting something up. My housemate Kristen, the very next day, she said she woke up in the middle of the night, panicked. Like, <laughs> what the hell happened? What did she do with the ring or the necklace? They never finished that plot thread. It haunted her for days. You know what? You know, I think a big problem is here. Like we're talking about so the budget for this movie. So they made a 100 million budget movie in 2004. For that type of money, nobody sets out to make a 90-minute movie. Yeah. There's, it's not all here. We're not seeing a complete movie. I'm not saying more would be better, but I just don't think we're seeing a complete movie. It's like the the sequel to Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. It's like a big summer blockbuster comic book movie. It's under 90 minutes. That can never be the intention. It's such a short movie. There's a lot on the cutting room floor. But in this movie... This was so big. This was such a big thing. My housemate, who's paying attention, was like waking up in the middle of the night, like, "Wait a minute, why didn't they do anything with that plot thread? They, they showed a massive scene of her keeping these things. Why didn't yeah. they follow it up? Like, that's how bad." Cutting room editing. floor wasn't yeah. shot. Some something yeah. something happened there. They really did because this is Catwoman in name only. I mean, with yeah. the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman, like for me in the comics, she's a cat burglar. That's it. Yeah. That yeah. is it. But they gave her nine lives in the Tim Burton movie. So for most yeah. people, that's who Catwoman is. When Anne Hathaway yeah. played Catwoman in The Dark Knight Rises, she's a cat burglar. That's who she is. Yeah. No superhuman yeah. powers, no supernatural elements. But we get a different version in this. But because Burton did it first, I can kind of go over a little bit that they're giving like a, a supernatural or like a they're putting a spin, a spin on it, but they're doing something different by having her having dual personalities. She doesn't always. It's like 
patience Phillips doesn't always necessarily know what Catwoman's doing. And with the the handwriting expert, I thought that was interesting because they were showing us that Catwoman wrote something, Patience Patience Phillips wrote something, but yeah. analyzing the handwriting, it was clearly two different people. So they were really driving driving that wedge. Yeah. The, the only costume, problem is the costume uh, makes no sense. Yeah. And that whole sequence about this, I'm unfortunately I've watched a lot of some true crime stuff. And they can't analyze a single word. They right. need a whole letter worth of handwriting to pick up things, like in terms of personality from that. And then it comes in things of how deep the intention is on the paper, the slant of the writing, whether it's slanted forwards or backwards and things like this. I happen to know that, unfortunately. That's knowledge I have. So when they're doing this analyzing scene of her handwriting, my brain's going, bullshit, nope. No, I'm sorry. That that's that's maybe, not how it works. Maybe they were more advanced in 2004. Who knows? Yeah, which is um, exactly possible. <laughs> but let's but, talk this costume. What is it? <laughs> what is it? And it starts off, and it starts <laughs> off different. She starts off. It's a there's a line by Alex Borstein. Sally's like, "Why don't you take when you take out the detective for coffee? You wear that little leather number I bought you." Which she's like, "I will never wear that until." She has the personality switch. She wears it. Then out of nowhere, she gets this completely other costume. Also, she cuts her own hair, tints it perfectly, <laughs> does all this sewing. I'm like... Movie magic. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> that is a very difficult haircut it's, and you perfectly tinted your hair. Honestly, it, it's the worst costume. It is. It is. Period. And like, it really is. I, I can't think of another comic book movie. And I'm not talking, you can clearly see they spent money on it. Like they, 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 yeah. they tried to do something here. It just doesn't work. And it just looks slutty. Like there's no other yeah. Yeah. way. That's all it is. In a nutshell, her She's almost see-through pants. That torn, are just through, torn through leather pants, bra. Yeah. yeah, it's a bra. It's a bra. It isn't a top. It is a bra. And the makeup as well. Very expensive, difficult to apply, full body makeup, not just the face, the arms, the torso. There's a lot of flesh showing. So, and it's all of it's got this like big makeup job done on it. I'm like, also, it's a detective. A detective is staring at her, smelling her. She'd be wearing the same <laughs> perfume, most likely, yeah, yeah. and looking at her lips and hearing her voice, not being like, you know, you sound a lot like a chick I'm dating. Like, <laughs> yeah, guys, but like, you know, so many comics. problems. There's so many problems. And comics. the powers they give her. I don't mind giving her powers, as you brought up. Like, yeah, okay, so some agility and some other things. Makes sense. She's a cat. She's resurrected by a cat. But uh, teleportation? Teleportation? When did that happen? She, they're like cats just get places and she's literally ah. teleporting. She's stepping out of shot for one way and coming in on shot from the oh, right, yeah, other no, I'm, I'm possible that. spot. I'm not, I, I, read, I read from the line of dialogue no. delivered that literal teleportation. Literal teleportation. Listen, you, I think it's very clear my opinion on this movie about now. But I, what I think they're conveying there she has quick cat-like agility. She's quick. 
I don't think the Sage is teleporting. This is not Superman in Superman yeah. 2 in the Fortress of Solitude. This yeah. is this is her just moving quickly. Yeah, I, I just want to quickly I'm not just... the only one watching this with two okay. other people. They also they also were like, so she teleports. I'm like, I've, apparently I've, No, no, no. I've I've never taken it that way. I could be wrong, <laughs> but I've I, I don't think teleportation is something they're introducing in this movie. I've said a couple yeah. of times, Cat Lady. I want to yeah. give her the proper credit. I'm talking, <laughs> well, I was talking about Frances Conroy as Ophelia Powers. Yeah. What I did find of interest there, originally the role was offered to Julie Newmar, who played Catwoman in Batman 66. That would have One been One of cool. the characters. <laughs> they had three. Know, they had three to pick from. They did. <laughs> Eartha Kit and another one. But... That yeah. would have been cool, though, if they that had someone been. pop up. Because the other reference to something of Batman of yesteryear, Michelle Pfeiffer, just pissed me off. But I would have rather yeah. enjoyed seeing Julie Newmar in that role. Yeah. Um, and also, Alex Borstein, like deserves better than this she's a very talented yes. voice actress and comedian um and gets dragged through this film uh actress kim smith who plays drina the replacement model for sharon stone in the company has a single line of dialogue in this oh, entire movie it's just, it's just one line wow but you know just i'm quickly... like what just going back to Alex Borstein, you've talked about, you know, comedy and everything else, but do you know the main thing that she's had success with? Oh, I know she plays Lois on Family Guy. That's it. Lois Griffin on Family Guy. Yeah. yeah. She, in this, she's the funny best friend. Yeah. That's the role she's playing here. Very... Very cliched, and I agree with you. She she deserves better than this. But you know yeah. what? Do you know who also deserves better than this movie? Halle yes, Berry. Uh, Academy Award winning Halle Berry. She's a bloody Halle good Berry. Sharon Stone also an Academy Award winner. Yeah, yeah. But I and Lambert Wilson, who people remember as the Mervingian from the Matrix Revolutions. Of course, yes. I'm watching him going. You went literally straight from the Matrix to this. Oh, that's right. Like, yes. Your career must have just like dunk bump, like hit a a brick wall. But Halle Berry, though, she yeah. she's playing the title character, and we've talked about how we're getting two personalities here. She's Catwoman. She's Patience Phillips, and. No actor wants to give a bad performance. And there's moments where we're getting good things from Berry in this movie. And she is a great actress. Yeah. But maybe it's the direction. Maybe, I, I mean, there's potentially a, a lot of contributing factors. But yeah. Um, I also, it's, I, I don't blame her for the movie. Like, it's even... No. She's doing like because they're having okay. She's Catwoman, so of course she loves sushi. She loves fish. Yeah, that's that's her that's her go to. She's eating cans of cat food. But an interesting yeah, no, but an interesting thing that I did read about that when she's eating the sushi, it's actually fruit cut to look like sushi. That's interesting. So whether that that's how she can eat it. (laughs) 
so yeah because it's a it's a lot of sushi like we don't yeah. know how many takes they had to do I, so yeah. I don't know if that was her personal preference or that's something that they set out from the get-go but yeah but if you're gonna go back and watch Catwoman or if you've not watched it for a while when you see her eat sushi just know it's fruit yeah um yeah because it's not her fault. She is only doing as what the director's asking for. She's not seeing the dailies because that's the director's and editor's jobs. Uh, but given the script, what did she think was going to happen? Or was it also, you know, she had just come off an Oscar win. Uh, and the last time uh, an actor of color came off an Oscar win, was just a few years before this, Cuba Gooden Jr., who was so terrified of then picking a bad role and smearing his name, he'd refuse to take roles, miss out on a bunch of high-profile, really good gigs, and then had to start taking things like Snow Dogs and other things that just came his way. Was she terrified of doing that? So just took this, thinking, they're putting big money into this. It can't be that bad. Maybe I'm not seeing something that comic book people understand. Sorry, love. No, you, or it could no. be a case of like I'm one of how how many X Men. I yeah. want to be the title character. Yeah, maybe promised a, a franchise. They do see this is another thing. All three of us, the last shot of the movie with her whipping the the whip and walking along the edge of the building, and they're like, wait, 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 wait <laughs> watching this play out. Did they honestly think this piece of crap was going to get a sequel? Are they insane? I'm like, they always, they always left it like this and movies from this period of like, maybe a sequel will come. We don't know how well it's going to do. Van Wilder pumped out like four directed video, video sequels. Like, two. Was it only two? Yeah, they did The Rise of Taj where they brought back Cal Penn. Cal Penn. No Ryan Reynolds. And then they did Freshman Year. No Cal Penn, no Ryan Reynolds. And it was a prequel. Yeah. Um, for some reason, I expected there to be more. Do you know, my, that, but... do you know my takeaways from this, Jay? What's I want to watch movies with your housemates. Yeah, <laughs> sounds fun. One, like one, they they. I warned them all. I'm like, just let you know, I'm watching Catwoman today. It's terrible. <laughs> I will yeah. try. Like, I'll I'll put on headphones if that's what it takes. Please don't be distracted. And they're like. Have you got some snacks? We'll watch this. We'll sit this. We'll watch this with you. And yeah, sure enough, they did. And yeah, all of us were picking out like um, my pen's working furiously. Like, whoa, 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 whoa yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, that good point. Yep, yeah, that was terrible. Um, that is a question mark that hopefully gets ah, oh, and it hasn't been answered. Nope, the movie's ended. Yeah, there's a lot of that sort of stuff. One of the longest ninety minutes I think I've endured because it is a short film. It, it just is. doesn't it feel is. it. <laughs> okay honestly for people listening jay hasn't yet declined <laughs> something that i've suggested we cover i'm talking supergirl from 84 which yeah. is better than this it is batwoman season one well i'm much f- better than this <laughs> yes it is we've done a few things haven't we there's probably some more examples of things that maybe aren't so great but Catwoman, I think, I, I'd struggle to find something worse. No, because even like Green Lantern has its charm. That's right. Uh, that's another one we did. 
which which i mean the fact that i had two people on the couch with me to to really go at this it wasn't a bad time because it was it was an event <laughs> uh but this might be subjectively but if you listen to the internet maybe objectively the worst film that we've done on this podcast i'm just trying to think because this is episode 92 and we do tv as well so it's not all movies but i think it could be but on that what is your rating out of five uh i can't give a zero rating because Uh, but I uh, so I'm going to come in as low as possible. One, this is a a do not watch, do not suffer, do not do what we've done, uh, unless you have a few friends and you want to experience it in the the room kind of a way. Get some drinks, get some snacks, get ready. This is like a you know mystery science theater three thousand kind of like oh okay let's ha- have at have at it kind of a film. In that you can have some fun. I did. But as a film, it is, it is awful. It is god awful. It makes so many mistakes, not just technically, but story wise, acting wise. The music, uh, there's a lot of pop music, but there was actually some original stuff by a Klaus Bedelt. Uh, Bedelt. Uh, change your name. Change your name. Anyone who's associated with this film. <laughs> Seriously, well, like, yeah, yeah like, I feel oh, I bad thought, for everyone just, involved. Okay. <laughs> I thought you not, were not because having, it was his. I thought you were talking. No, not having difficulty hard to pronounce. No, it, it is yeah. <laughs> simply if you were attached to this film in any way, take it off your resume, and hopefully, no, no one's going to watch this, guys. So there is that, but take it off your INDB page, take it off your resume, uh, and hope to get some. Some, uh, some work in the future it is one out of five it is awful the um the composer if you're unfamiliar he's he's known for his collaborations with Hans zimmer who you know i mentioned many times before the podcast he's one of my personal favorites he helped to write scores for dozens of critically acclaimed films including the thin red line the prince of egypt gladiator pirates of the caribbean independently though other than catwoman he did Equilibrium, K-19, The Widowmaker, and TMNT, which was the CGI animated Turtles film. I think it came out in 2007 or thereabouts. I've watched every one of those but the TMT movie. I've seen that. I watched that at the cinema. Have you not seen it? It's actually pretty no. good. Chris Evans, all those movies are good. But Chris Evans as Casey Jones, yeah. Sir Michelle Gellar as uh, April O'Neil. It's not bad. Yeah, it's yeah. Not but bad. all of those movies, K nineteen, The Widowmaker was a f- great movie. That was the one with, uh, was that the one with Liam Neeson and Harrison Ford? Harrison Ford, yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about Neeson, but I know Ford's in there. Yeah, um, yeah. That's the story of the Russian uh, sub that was like cursed that the the reactor went and they had to be rescued. There's um, Equilibrium was like one of the first things I saw Christian Bale in before he was. At I, I think <laughs> that I, was that was weird, wasn't it? Because he was like gun. Uh, what was it? Gun fu. Gun fu. Yeah. Was like martial uh, arts with guns. Yeah. And... 
Yeah, really great choreography. Really good. I mean, these are all good movies. And working on such films, like with Hans Zimmer, the guy's got massive talent. So Klaus is doing okay. Probably the (laughs) most talented person associated with this film, other than Halle Berry. Benjamin Bratt's done some stuff. (laughs) Okay, this is a really weird way of doing the rating because you went and then we talked about the composer and now I'll (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's a first for us, I reckon. Um, Yeah, yeah, as as low as I'm willing to go, one, one out of five. It's a shocker. Yeah. It really is a shocker. Like we mentioned earlier, or I mentioned that a year later, we got Electra. That's better. I don't yeah. know about how much, but it's it's better than this movie. It's, it's really, it's bad. And it's not as if they've tried to do something close to the source material. It's like they've really gone out of their way to, to have a Catwoman film in name only. It's called Catwoman, but it's not Selena Kyle. It's somebody new. It's Halle Berry, and it could have been anything. Yeah, it's, it's just it's not good. And and you're right. Like the the, the effects, maybe they were happy, or they, I guess they would have been happy at the time. Haven't aged well. No. Oh, it's yeah. I, honestly, I I thought this would be a movie that we would never get to on the podcast other than me sitting by myself with a microphone. So I'm, <laughs> I'm really grateful, Jay, for you taking the time and your housemates sitting down and watching Cattleman. Wow. Well, that's it for our episode all about Cattleman. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time. 